and welcome to episode 77 of My Circus, My Monkeys. We talk a lot about talents and strengths on this podcast, but you might be thinking, that's interesting, but I've come pretty far in life without really digging into my talents, and I'm too bleeping busy to start now. Whether you've never taken Clifton Strengths before, or you did but haven't really had a chance to dig into your results, today we're going to talk about why understanding your talents matters. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. When I first started this podcast, I did a pretty solid episode about the basics of talents. I built out an, on other episodes since then, but I wanted to take a few minutes to revisit why knowing and understanding your talents is so important. Now, just to clarify, for folks who either haven't heard me talk about this before or it's gotten lost somewhere in your brain, when I talk about talents and strengths, I am not using them interchangeably as we typically do. When I say talent, I mean a naturally recurring pattern of thought, feeling, or behavior that can be productively applied. In other words, you have recurring thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that automatically show up for you without any effort on your part, and they can help you get things done, aka be productive. When I say strength, I mean the ability to consistently produce a positive outcome through near-perfect performance in a specific task. In other words, your strengths are at play when you use your talents in a way that gets you an almost perfect outcome. Or as I like to say, nailed it. Now, we often think of talents being connected to music, athletics, or art. Those are talents too, but not really what we're talking about here. However, I want to give you an example using those commonly thought of talents to really bring this difference home. Maybe you're talented at singing. You've got a lovely voice. When it's happy birthday time, everyone notices how great you sound. Maybe you're asked to sing at religious services, or people tell you you should be in a band, you'll be a famous singer. That's talent. You have a great voice that can be productively applied to singing. But famous singers don't just have talent. They've honed their talent with years of practice, lessons, musical theory, and more. They understand how to use their talent, including its limits, like their range. They also take care of their voice. They practice enough to make sure it's working well, and they don't overuse it, so when they sing, they almost always have a near-perfect performance. That's when talent becomes strength. So hopefully that example gives you a better understanding of the difference between a talent and a strength. Now that we've got those basics out of the way, why is understanding our talents so important? To give us a little structure, 
I'm going to focus on three specific reasons why understanding your talents and strengths matter. Productivity, energy, and relationships. Let's start with productivity. What is productivity? At its core, productivity is getting things done that move you towards your goal or objective. The more effectively you do something, the more quickly you can accomplish that goal. Easy enough. Right now, how would you describe your workload? If you're like most people, probably busy, right? Maybe too busy? Does it seem like your to-do list is never going to be done-did? That seems to be the case with most folks that I've talked to these days. There's too much work, given how many hours you have in the day, the week, the month, even the year. You need to get things done. You need to be more productive so you're getting to your goals faster. Now, one of the nice things about your talents is that even if you don't know specifically what they are, they are automatically showing up for you whenever you look at that to-do list. You absolutely have more than one. So imagine you have about 10 assistants in your head perusing that to-do list and getting excited about doing certain things on it. Huzzah, they say, we get to do a spreadsheet or talk to students about their feelings, or come up with a new initiative. They're excited. Some of your talents might need to think through things first. Some might want to put things into action immediately. But either way, they're getting to work for you automatically. And I am 100% sure that those talents helped you get where you are today without even knowing what they were or what they were up to behind the scenes. So thank you, talents. Now, remember our definitions from earlier. When your talent showed up for you in a way that gave you near-perfect performance, your talent was being productive. That's a win. But what if your talents weren't showing up as strengths? What if you're just thinking those naturally recurring patterns of thoughts, feeling those naturally recurring feelings, or automatically doing things, maybe lots of things, that aren't getting you anywhere closer to your goal? Remember, your talents automatically kick in and start thinking, feeling, and doing. And if you're not paying attention, they might actually be getting in the way of you achieving your goals. Instead of being your strength, they might be showing up as weaknesses. Weaknesses aren't just things you're not talented at. A weakness is a shortage or misapplication of talent, skill, or knowledge that causes problems for you or others. You might be over or underusing a talent. You might not have the right skills or knowledge to support your talents so they can really be productive for you. Here's an example. Say you're really good at problem solving. You love identifying problems and then coming up with solutions. That's great, right? I mean, how many problems have you solved that have made your life and the lives of those around you better? Maybe it's even why you're in the position you're in now. Well, if your brain likes solving problems, what is it always going to be looking for? That's right. Problems. How many problems are you already juggling? Can you really handle any more? Can your team? You might very well be in the middle of solving one problem and another one pops onto your radar. Well, now what? Is it a problem that really needs fixing now? Or is your brain just excited about the prospect of solving another fun mystery? 
how much time and energy do you have that you've already spent on things that maybe weren't worth solving? At least not worth solving, considering how many other things there are on everybody's plate right now. That talent left unchecked might actually be keeping you from being productive. If you don't know what your brain is doing behind the scenes, it's absolutely going to give you more things on your to-do list. Instead of helping you get things done, your talent just gave you a ton of other things to do. Not productive. That's why you need to understand your talents if you want to be more productive. Okay, so let's talk about energy. Energy is your most valuable resource. If you have a lot of energy, you'll probably get a lot of things done, and most likely, they'll be pretty high quality. If you have low energy, you probably won't get much done, and there's a good chance those things won't even be done as well as if you'd been feeling energetic. But even if you start out feeling pretty energetic at the beginning of the day, what you do throughout the day directly impacts your energy level. Some activities give you energy. Others drain it right from you. Have you ever started out the day feeling great, and then you have to talk to a certain person or do a specific task, and suddenly you feel drained? Sometimes even thinking about doing that thing makes you feel exhausted. It's that way for me and spreadsheets. If I, have to, if I know I have to do one, my brain immediately goes, Ugh. it is not happy. I might procrastinate to avoid it, but even when I finally sit down to do it, I feel like it's just sucking the energy right out of me. It takes me forever. I'm not happy along the way. And when I finish, I feel exhausted. Conversely, when I'm brainstorming and being creative, I feel energized. I'm excited about it. Can't wait to jump in. And when I'm finished, I'm bouncing around because it was a great experience for me. I feel energetic and fulfilled. So what's the difference between those two things? Ideation is my number one talent. I love thinking about how to do things in new ways. I've been honing my ideation talent for most of my life, and when I use it, it happens easily and almost effortlessly. It's in my strength zone, so it's one of the most effective uses of my energy. Analyzing and collecting data, however, is not in my strength zone. That means it takes way more energy to do those things. If I want to maximize my energy, both for my well-being and so I can be more productive, I need to know what falls in my strength zone and what doesn't. That way I can start to prioritize and delegate what I do so more often than not, I'm working in my strength zone. And ideally, the people around me are working in their strength zones. That means when I was supervising, I'd give those pesky spreadsheets to the folks who love doing spreadsheets. Sometimes when we hate doing something, it's easy to assume that everybody else hates doing it too, but that's not true. There's someone somewhere who would love to do that thing that you hate, like me and spreadsheets. One time I was on vacation, but I was just hanging out in my on-campus apartment. My colleagues were in a meeting where they were trying to come up with new ideas for something, I don't remember what, but they were stuck. None of them had ideation. So brainstorming for them required a ton of energy. So they texted me and asked if I wasn't busy, could I spare 30 minutes to get them an idea that they could run with? I was more than happy to do it since I didn't have anything else going on and I love brainstorming. 
It was a win-win energetically for everyone involved. Okay, so finally, let's talk about understanding your talents and why that's important for your relationships. Have you ever had a disagreement with someone? Maybe you thought the best way to do blank was to do X, and they thought the best way to do blank was to do Y. Maybe those disagreements happen so often you started to avoid that person. You hated working on projects with them. Maybe you even started to dislike that person. Our talents aren't just about our actions. Remember, they include patterns of thought and feeling. That means they color the way we think about the world, the way we view the world. Since everyone's talent set is unique, that means each of us have a different way of interpreting this world. Even though we may know on some level that that's the case, it doesn't feel that way. We feel like we know the best way to do certain things based on how we interpreted a situation. So in our minds, that is the right way to think about it. This can bring us into conflict with other people. And conflict isn't bad. Sometimes it's necessary to bring people to a better understanding of each other and the situation. But we often interpret it negatively. We feel combative towards the other person. We don't understand why they aren't thinking about these things correctly. And usually, we're focused on why we're right and why the other person is wrong. But when you know that this stems from your talents, you can start looking for blind spots and biases in your thinking and in your actions. Instead of thinking in terms of who's right, you can switch to an attitude of curiosity and understanding. Instead of getting stuck on proving your point, you'll start to ask clarifying questions to better understand the other person's perspectives and gain a, bro- gain a broader understanding of the situation. You can start to look at those differences as an advantage instead of something that's getting in your way. When we work from our biases, we damage our relationships with others. But when we work from a place of curiosity and assume others others positive intent, we can build and strengthen those relationships. We recognize that we need other people's talents to help us get a broader understanding of both people and situations. And as a bonus, stronger relationships will also contribute to your productivity and your energy. But in order to make the switch, you need to know and understand what your talents are. Okay, so now we've gone through three reasons that it matters that you understand what your talents are and what they're doing. To be more productive, to maximize your and your team's energy, and to improve your relationships. But just knowing this isn't going to bring any change to your life. You're still going to be busy, exhausted, and wasted in time and energy arguing with folks without actually investing and understanding your talents. So take the Clifton Strengths Talent Assessment. Start doing the things we've been talking about in this podcast, like doing a daily strengths and or energy log. If you want some help along your journey, we do individual coaching, and we go into depth about strengths in all of our training. You can find out more about our services at www.strengthsuniversity.org. Remember, your talents have gotten you this far. But think about how much further you could go if you invest in them so they are almost always showing up 
as strengths. You'll be more productive, have more energy, and have better relationships. So until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th, Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.